Hey, y'all. Thank you for tuning in to Origin Gates Daily Podcast called Wisdom's Echo. My name is Parker Thomaston, and I'm very honored to share this insight of the day. Before we get started today, I want to thank all of you uh, who were aware of this, and even those of you who were not. Uh, my wife and I have some incredibly um, just wonderful news, and it is the announcement of our first daughter. Amelia Hope was born. Uh, she weighed seven pounds, 14 ounces, if I'm not mistaken, uh, 20 and a quarter inches is long. She and Becky are doing absolutely fantastic. Um, in, a, in a world full of, of young men, our, our three boys are nine, seven, and going on three years old. Um, it has completely turned our worlds upside down uh, to be able to just have this sweet little heart um, in our household. All of this pink and bows um, has been something that we never knew what we were missing out on. And uh, we are just so overjoyed and so grateful uh, to have you uh, join in with us um, with your with your words of encouragement, with your declarations, your thoughts, and your prayers. Uh, I just want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts and let you know that that both of my ladies are doing well now. Becky and Emmy uh, are doing fantastic, and the running joke around our house is is that she has turned me from a manly man into a bit of a softy. Um, I've probably cried more than Becky and Emmy combined, and uh, <laughs> it's just so overwhelming, though, to see a tangible manifestation of Yahweh's goodness in our lives for us to be able to experience His Word made flesh truly in the earth. And so um, we just wanted to share that news with you, and thank you for celebrating and rejoicing with us. Uh, recently, I had a friend of mine, Daniel Krieger, uh, share a passage of Scripture with me that is actually found in Genesis chapter 23, and it talks about what happened when Yahweh allows a transfer of ownership to take place from the things that have been prepared for us as sons and daughters into our possession. And this is a big deal to me. The, the reason why it's a big deal is because I've always considered um, that, that if I could own more, that it would essentially increase my net worth. But I've never considered the fact that whenever Yahweh transfers that, that authority to us to be able to possess and maintain ownership of the things in which He has prepared for you and I, that it also increases the value of what we own. And, and so this is the thought that I, that I want to get into because I've not been able to shake this. And uh, I've been able to share a little bit of this um, with some close friends and family, but I, I want to present it to you as well as an encouragement for you and I to have an opportunity to recognize the value of what Yahweh has prepared for us and also not only for our benefit, but for the benefit of what we are intended and designed to maintain possession and ownership of. So as we seek the heart of Yahweh, 
wholeheartedly. We know that he's going to draw us in closer to him. And, and, and I want to just remind you that the more that you draw closer to Yahweh, the more that you and I will possess. There will be a transfer of ownership from, from the heart to the hand, the things that you have hoped for, the things that you have believed for. Yahweh has intended for you to have the authority over those things as well. And that's that's really what I want to express today, is for me to be able to share that, that whenever we own something, our ownership simultaneously increases the value of our possessions as well. So possession, I've, I've said this word a lot. Um, it's, it's that thing that in, in the English language, in, in language arts, um, is defined by an apostrophe um, that shows possession. Who owns this thing? And so if I'm talking about Parker's daughter, it's, it's Parker apostrophe S daughter because I have ownership of my daughter for now. And I know that, you know, when we're talking about humans, it's a little bit different. Um, but if you were to say Parker's truck or car or home, whatever it is, um, it, it is that Yahweh intends for us to have apostrophes added to our names that that ownership would not only be identified, but the transfer of authority would also take place. So possession is simply the state of having ownership. I've defined poverty before as being in the proximity to prosperity, but being denied possession. It is being close enough to abundance that it really just frustrates you because you can't simply wrap your arms around it. You you may be in the presence of something valuable, but you essentially realize that it belongs to someone else. The, the, the opposite of that is abundance. And abundance is the state of being overtaken by your possessions. It's where you are just completely consumed of things that you own. And one of the biggest things that I'm learning through this revelation is that the value of what is possessed can be determined by its owner. Um, recently, Pastor Jessica shared an encouraging word on her podcast, and it was called Your Hands. She talked about the value of what we possess, and she gave some references and said that a basketball in her hands may not be worth very much, but if you were to put that same tool in the hands of Michael Jordan, it would be worth an extreme amount of money. Um, even his signature is worth tens of thousands of dollars on a piece of memorabilia. Now you you put that memorabilia in a game used situation and say that it's you know where he won his his you know sixth NBA championship and it's his jersey sells for hundreds of thousands of dollars. You could have me wear that jersey and I would probably have to pay you to take it from me. And so the difference. Is is, is that, that this gentleman, I, I'm declaring that because he's actually kind of rough around the edges, but Michael Jordan has actually taken the time to engage and perfect the trade. That way he's able to utilize the tools that he's given. He, he has many quotes, but he talks about how he wants to be the one that stands in the gap when the game is on the line to make that shot. Now, there is a high chance that he could miss that shot. In fact, he's probably missed more game-winning shots than he's made, but nobody... Mem- you know, we don't remember those. We don't we don't memorize the failures. We we tend to gravitate towards the success, especially of these individuals. And and this is just an athlete, guys. Like 
I'm talking about something far greater in value of spiritual truths, um, mysteries and treasures and revelation that Yahweh is giving us. But, But if he gives us these things and we don't know what to do with them, what is the purpose of of what we possess you know it we have a responsibility to take what Yahweh has given us and do something with it so so this podcast of of your hands i encourage you to go back to listen to it but what Yahweh places in your hands is elevated in value from the hands of which it has come this is why creation groans because it recognizes the frequency of authority that we carry and it understands the opportunity for it to be made glorious, to be set at glorious liberty. So in Genesis chapter 23, my uh, my time is, is running away from me. My introduction was way too long. I apologize. But I'm going to summarize Genesis chapter 23. You can read verses 1 through 18. Um, but basically what happens here is Sarah dies um, near Hebron in the land of Canaan, and she was 127 years old. This is the only time in the Bible that a woman's exact age is given. I just have to throw that out there. Abraham comes to mourn for her, and he rises up and bows low. And quickly, I want to address a three-part process that Abraham encounters that is significant um, as as an influence to his possessions. In verse 3, it says that he stood up from before his dead. This was because it was customary to be in a position that expressed grief that was associated with a loss. In verse 7, it says um, that he stood and he bowed himself to the people of the land. This represented that in his rising, he was then allowed to be seated in a position of reference and honor. Notice that in verse 12, it shows him bowing down to himself. This is where the honor was returned to Abraham. There is an action of bowing low and rising up. And and all of the honor was returned unto Abraham after he gave honor. So Abraham is requesting land to bury his wife. The Hittites offer him some land, but he chooses to contact Ephron, the son of Zohar. And Ephron lives in Mamre and owns the cave of Machpelah, offered to give Abraham the field and the cave with in it. But Abraham offered to buy it so he could maintain ownership. This to me is such a shrewd move because he did not want to receive this as a gift because he knew that if it was given to him without a cost associated with it, that it would not be deeded unto him and unto his, his name. And so, Abraham was a very wealthy man. So he offers, you know, he offers the silver and and I think it was like 400 shekels of silver which is equivalent to somewhere around 50 pounds if I'm not mistaken. And and that was a small price to pay. In in fact it says um through my studies that that the land was far greater in value. Um but Abraham, you know, just honored basically the asking price because he knew that it was well worth it. So the burial of Sarah is the first account of a burial in the Bible. Next is Abraham at the age of 175. And the title deed to the cave was part of the property that Abraham passed to Isaac. Isaac and Rebekah were also buried here. In the final chapter of Genesis, Joseph had his physicians embalm Jacob, embalm Jacob, excuse me, and remove him from Egypt to also be buried in this cave. Verse 17, though, is where the narrative changes. So now that you kind of have an understanding 
understanding of what's going on here. I want to read these verses in 17 and 18. It says, In the field of Ephron, which is in Machpelah, which was before Mamre, the field and the cave which was therein, and all the trees that were in the field, that were in all the borders, borders excuse me, roundabout, were made sure unto Abraham. For a possession in the presence of the children of Heth, before all that went into the gate of the city. So Machpelah, this name represents the double cave, and it was believed to have meant double or multiplied. Now there's a difference between doubling and multiplication. Double, you can only multiply by two, or you add a number to itself. Multiplication, the numbers can increase exponentially when you begin to multiply numbers by themselves. For example, if we double the number 100, we have 200. If you if you square the number 100, you have um, the number of 100 times 100, which I'm I'm not fantastic with math, but that would be somewhere around 10,000 if I'm not mistaken. So you have a difference of 9,800 uh, between doubling the number 100 and multiplying that number or squaring it uh, by itself, and so. It's fascinating to me because Abraham was promised in the previous chapters of Genesis 22, blessing, I will bless you, multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. Think about this because I want to stretch your capacity to believe. There are believed to be over 100 billion galaxies in our observable universe. And these galaxies are believed to produce somewhere along the lines of 275 million stars per day. The sand makes up a majority of the ocean floor. So with every crashing wave, the number of the sand increases as it's drawn out to the sea and brought back in. And so the the power of multiplication is also the power of exponential increase. However, we must be faithful to engage little things which are truly big things in order to move on to the greater things which are really little. So back to the double cave, at the end of verse 17, it says that they were made sure. It says it really going into verse 18, that they were made sure unto Abraham for a possession. This is so key because Abraham possessed the double cave. This scripture translated uh, means for the land to rise up, to stand up, or to be elevated. It has to do with righteousness. This way phrasing is used because this field with all belonging to it came into the possession of a greater person. Please listen to this. It arose and it experienced an elevation for it left the possession of a simple person and went into the possession of a king. When you and I begin to realize that the reason why Yahweh delivers things unto us is not only to increase our value or our worth, but it's also to set at liberty all of creation that is groaning, desiring to be glorious. But it will be completely ineffective if you and I fail to to engage the responsibility that we have to mature and know what to do with what Yahweh is giving us. This is what why creation, all of creation is groaning for your revealing. This is why creation, all of it is groaning for my revealing because it recognizes that when the authority 
and ownership is transferred, it will receive an opportunity to become glorious again. What Yahweh places in your hands is elevated in value from the hands in which it has come. This is why creation groans, because it recognizes the frequencies of authority and liberty that you and I carry, and it understands the opportunity at hand for it to be made glorious again. Family, I thank you for engaging with us today. Please go forth with a confidence and an understanding that Yahweh desires for you to be blessed. He delivers things unto you to be able to set creation at liberty that you and I may be glorious and present his word fulfilled back to him. We love you. Look forward to the next time together, and I hope you have a fantastic day.